Good afternoon, everyone. As we begin, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. It's good to be here um, to see or um, to uh, speak the word of God to you all. Uh, it's a privilege. Thank you. I must confess, since the lockdown, uh, I have felt a bit apprehensive to preach. Even prior to that, I was let off from preaching to concentrate on my project of writing my autobiography. For this, I am grateful to the vicars uh, for looking after me so well over the years. And also all of you to know you and love, love me and support me um, in my ministry. I could call sermon, this sermon lost and found, but unlike the prodigal son, it was lost and found twice inside my computer itself. But I found it in the end with the help of my children. By the way, this is not the topic for today's sermon. After my retirement, during the lockdown, I was quite relaxed. But after a few weeks, it came to my mind to prepare uh, some talks in case I need to share somewhere. Lo and behold, a few days ago, Steve called to clarify my retired position in St. James and suggested that I preach in this town. By God's grace, I accepted this challenge and here I am speaking to you today. Our set reading are taken from the book of Isaiah and the Gospel of Matthew. The greatness of the book of Isaiah could be said that it is the Bible in miniature where we read the direct prophecies of the birth and the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. We can say that in Isaiah, God leads us from prophecy to reality of salvation for all those who believe and trust in him. And this work of salvation must carry on until Jesus returns for his own. Isaiah gives us a complete picture of God as unique and beyond our experience, yet holy and exalted. God reveals himself to us as Emmanuel, God with us. The holy character of God's nearness to humanity prepares Isaiah's readers to receive God incarnate in the flesh, Jesus Christ who is truly Emmanuel. Chapter 40, verses 12 to 17. These are the verses of encouragement for the nation Israel, that I am your God, who is your creator, and is able to bring salvation. They are all about the greatness of God, and that there is no one equal and comparable to him. The Lord affirms that he is the wise and 
sovereign creator and rules over the nations. We find powerful characteristics of God in these verses. That our God is the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in it. He is the creator of the oceans and the mountains. He is much bigger than his creation. No human being can, can hold oceans, oceans in their hand or has measured the depth and breadth and the length of the heavens. Who has weighed the earth and the mountains? No one has ever imagined doing so. God is the beginning and the end, everlasting to everlasting, who can and will restore our earth through his work of salvation. We read of God's wisdom in verse 13 and 14. Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? The Greek version reads, Who can know the Lord's thoughts? We take our encouragement from Paul's first epistle to Corinthians 2.16. After he quotes the words of Isaiah, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? Paul writes, but we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. The believers need encouragement that the wisdom of God is free to receive. James 1.5 If any one of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. When the Israelites were getting frustrated in their bondage and and um, thought that God could not see our, or hear our problems. They were forgetting that in God all things are possible. He fulfills his purpose in his perfect times. Human beings cannot put words in God's mouth or tell him what to do. God teaches us to know his nature and his way of working. Often he, the delay is to teach us patience and to trust in his ways of letting us wait. Verses 15 and 16 teach us God's strength and greatness. God's intention is not to put human beings down by reminding them of their position that they are just a speck of dust. Instead, he is reminding them not to lose heart because their God is big enough to take care of all their situations. God does not need their sacrifices because all the wood and animals of Lebanon will not be enough to offer to God. God needs their sacrifice of a contrite and humble heart. He is our God whom we confess and pray to, acknowledging his greatness before bringing our offering at church. As we pray, yours Lord is the greatness, the power, the glory, the splendor and the majesty 
for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. All things come from you, and of your own do we give you. Moving on to the last part of the chapter, our second part of the reading seems like God is questioning his uh, questioning his people. After all, he says, after all, I have provided for you, created for you, and also given to you the assurance of the promised Messiah. How can you still complain that I don't see your troubles and ignore you? I am the Almighty God. I can give strength to the weak and the weary. For believers, the key to receiving God's strength is to keep trusting in Him. God is true to His promises and has promised to give His people strength like the angels. It is an amazing analogy of an eagle. You must have seen them on the nature programs. How he dives down and comes for his prey. Even a big animal like a goat is no problem for him to fly away with in his strong claws. It's a powerful image of an eagle given to all those who trust and wait for him. There is a documentary on Netflix called God. During Easter break, um, I thought this must be a film concerning the topic of Easter. But it was a series of programs hosted by Morgan Freeman, an American actor, who explores religion's role in human history. How are, how are beliefs connect us to God? and tries to find out possible answers to all life's big questions. He travels around the world and visits many of the world religions and their practices and joins in some rituals to understand them better. Every devout religion seems so sure and clear about their view of God and was sure of their connection to God through their practices and rituals for their salvation. It's been an eye-opening experience for me to watch these series, including their views on life after death. This has reinforced my faith that no other religion has the hope of everlasting life. We have the written word that prophesied the coming of the living word, that's Jesus. We have this person of God in flesh who humbled himself to extent to come down to our world, to die for our sins so that we can have all that God intended for us. Jesus came to give us hope, to live in peace and joy in the world and the promise of everlasting life that he shall be with him, that we shall be with him forevermore. Our God is Lord of history. He meets us in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the creator of all. 
who takes personal interest in our lives. His work with us began in the Garden of Eden and carried on until the work of salvation was complete and is still carrying on through us with the help of the Holy Spirit until every ear hears the good news of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28 verses 16 to 20 The words of Great Commission is Christ's command to us to continue in his work, in this work of salvation. We find here some doubting disciples after being with Jesus for three years. Maybe they still did not quite believe in the teaching of Jesus. We can be like the disciples. We might be learning at Sunday school or our regular church goer, but God can still be just a holy figure in the Bible to us. Here Jesus reassures his disciples of his authority and delivers the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. A disciple is someone who repents of their sins, trusts in Jesus for salvation, and obeys, he obeys his teaching. Baptism brings the public announcement of surrender to Jesus and to, to this his work of salvation and entering into the relationship with Jesus for all that he offers. Jesus gives us his assurance to be with us to the end of the age. No matter what we go through in life, whatever our phase are, our biggest fear is death. And he, he has already conquered it on the cross by dying for our sins and rising to take our fears away. He has gone to be with his Father to make a place for us. Now through his Holy Spirit, he is with us, in us, besides us, around us. He is as close as the air we breathe. During lockdown, a common question I heard from mostly elderly people was, why God does not take this virus away sooner? As he has promised to hear our prayers. They know their Bible very well. They read regularly. But the simple answer we all need to remember is to put our trust in God's character. The one who has revealed himself through our scriptures. The one who knows, sees everything and who has greater understanding than us. We need to read the Bible to know the person behind it. Whom it is written about, it is written with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by prophets and apostles. By meeting Jesus in person, we have the experience of new life. We become a new person. 
our focus of life changes to be like Christ as God intended for us. Otherwise, it is just a book written by any author. The writers come and go, but Jesus is alive and lives forever. And when his word becomes alive in our lives, we fulfill his promise. We wait patiently for his right timing for everything and keep believing in his promise to be with us forevermore. Amen. Let's close with a short prayer. Loving Father, we thank you that you are our God and you love us so much that you came down in his son, in your son, and given us your son as a sacrifice, as a ransom for our sins. Forgive our sins and and make us worthy to worship you and come before you. Bless this word as you have given us. May it may we obey and live by it. Live by your commands. And uh, help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.